This is Shaco Art Speak. Hey, welcome to Shaco Art Speak. I'm Ryan Leteria with my co-host. I'm. <laughs> you already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Doctor Stacks Mouth. <laughs> Doctor yeah. Stacks Mouth. I mean, it's fitting. Like I, I was talking to you earlier while eating a snack. You totally were. I mean, I, I, I don't mind it. I, I mean, I Blackwell is such a great name. To be honest yeah. with you, <laughs> I love that name, man. Um, yeah, it's it all flows really well. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. Doctor Blackwell feels weird, but Doctor Snacks Mouth feels okay. <laughs> You know what I think of with Dr. Snacksmill is there was that Motley Crue, call, Crue song called Dr. Feelgood. He's the one they called Dr. Snacksmill. He's just, the I'm, one. I'm glad you think that because uh, whenever I hear it, I just feel like I'm like a late 80s, early 90s cartoon villain. Yeah. He's the one they called Dr. Snacksmill. He's the one that. <laughs> you know that song? Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, I had, my older sisters were hairband people. So oh, there you go. We had hairband music yeah. around the house. It's like this is a heavy metal glam rock song with you yeah, i love that they call it heavy metal snacks. yeah heavy metal i know right it's like yeah. it's like medium metal yeah it's like soft metal <laughs> soft metal it's like porous metal <laughs> it's like, like liquid metal someday in the future they're gonna have a whole category it'll just be soft metal and it'll be like you got like you know it's the metal equivalent of kenny g it's, it's or aluminum. Like michael bolden <laughs> heavy yeah. metal is just aluminum yeah like these guys dude we were listening to some aluminum rock dude that was really it was really vibing dude <laughs> wait what are we doing yeah. why are we here why are we here <laughs> so <laughs> we are here doing another rethink because yes. um, we think it's good to rethink totally. uh, things and um so we want to do a simple topic today <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't make it dude uh yes we got a, another simple topic what we're known for <laughs> yeah what we're known for are simple topics that are, are small granular we want to go granular <laughs> today <laughs> So in our granular, sorry, we're, uh, you know, full, full disclosure, we're getting, we're getting ready for our, uh, tenure at Shaco Art Space, um, you know, celebration show. Yeah. So we've been pulling late nights and long days, getting mm -hmm. things ready, still teaching and doing all our other work. And, uh, so we have a little bit of that, like weird tired giddiness. Yeah. So we, we, we might be gigglier today. I don't know. That's well, what hey, we got, we got a word. good light topic to. To be like yeah, so way. light topic, granular topic. We're gonna rethink the world. That's the <laughs> you're welcome, folks. Thank uh, you. Strap yeah. in for the next twelve hours yeah, as we in. define the terms. <laughs> so, so rethink the world, uh, man. So, what what came to your mind, Gareth? You had a song that came to your mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is bad stuff off the point. Yeah, yeah, that terrible song from whatever Farm Aid or whatever it yeah. was. Save, save the world. Yeah. It's like, save the world yeah or we are the world <laughs> oh, yeah. we are the and so mm. um so yeah mm. there's a lot we may have more than one discussion on this but it does raise a question like what is the world what do we mean by world yeah and it's crazy because i mean like you know when you when you kind of brought this topic my question to you was what do you mean mm -hmm. um because there's i mean there's a lot there like, mm -hmm. you know we talk about the world and that phrase can carry uh heavy connotations um in a lot of ways yeah um you know, so um, I think especially within like uh, current uh, sort of cultural and philosophical understandings about certain things, mm -hmm. the concept of the world is super fuzzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I think the whole we are the world thing is important because w the way I think we think of the world is we tend to think of um, it's is is it anthro anthropocentric. It's, it's yeah, yeah. We yeah. tend to think more people. Mm -hmm. So when you think of city, um, we think of buildings, right? But we city really is people. Yeah, because so even, even a big talk within the the city spot is like designing for human scale. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. still it's still yeah. anthro, whatever you just yeah. said. So <laughs> anthropocentric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so what's interesting though is then when you think world, it certainly includes people, but it's uh, more than people. Yeah. So if you say Earth. Mm -hmm. we're not necessarily talking about the world. We're talking about the earth. Yeah. So there really is this like strange designation. I think that we have to understand that like with these, with these terms like world, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we could talk about the, the encompassing, uh, uh, human population, mm -hmm. which is the world. Yeah. We could kind of vaguely speak about, uh, the world as a stand in for the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I think you, also can speak about the world in a sense of um 
it's all of the things that are not human mm-hmm. that are here. Yeah. So I was going to say, so well, why, why are we talking about this? I'll just say this first. Why we're talking about this is because I think it, to rethink the world is to create a, to rethink the context for which we make and what we make with and out of and who for. Yeah. So, like so just, if, just, yeah. if you care about your house enough to uh, understand it and structure it so that the workings of your life are better facilitated, mm-hmm. then if we just scale that up, mm-hmm. then it, it behooves us to think about the world in the same concept with the yeah. things that we do as artists and designers playing out on a larger stage. Yeah. And so again, it's to, it's to re it's to think about the context for which you make what you make out of, what you make for, and who you make for. And so to rethink the world is to help us have a better context to work out of. Because um, you're, you're always working out of a context, a set of assumptions. That's right. the thing. Yeah. So, so when we talk about the world, you know, we're, saying, we're saying the earth, the people, everything that is, but also everything it could be. Mm. So it's both the, um, the uh, actual, the potential, mm. and the hypothetical. Um, uh, in tandem, so the way in which humans interact with the world, um, and which extends or uh, you know extends past like you know, Earth is like the literal surface; it's, it's the literal planet itself, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's the like what extends past that into how far? Yeah. So um, that sounds super big, and it almost could could seem like well, that seems irrelevant to like an artist or a designer. Yeah, I think you know people could you could kind of write it off and say, "What's that matter?" Um, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna veer in towards just experience space, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, everything's individualized, and so mm-hmm. the world really doesn't affect anything. And then you say, "Well, um, what about sun and quality of light?" Yeah, like that's an aspect of the world. Yeah, that's not internal to me. It's not specific to me. Mm-hmm. It's also not something that is experienced. Mm-hmm. in a unique way by myself yeah like yeah, even yeah. even in ways where light is perceived differently uh in the in the way that like uh, color is understood or seen mm-hmm. uh it's still not something that's unique to you mm-hmm. um like even in places where there might be something like you know color blindness right um you're still having <clears throat> groups of people that are experiencing difference in the same way yeah yeah, yeah. so there's a commonality um that we like to push against heavily i think um which is not helpful for our work, um, because if all we're doing is, is individual experience, then our work is um, extremely neutered. Well, so yeah, so it, in, in if if so, what what I think is is uh, that that neutered effect, like what I think is important to think about with that, um, or like why that matters, is because when you're when you're not working with the world that is then the world that is is working on you unbeknownst to you hmm. and therefore you're being affected in ways that you can't see and so um which means your work is some in somehow shape way or form limited or uninformed hmm. and therefore it's it uh the manifestations you bring about actually then are lacking um and so it's to you know so, so somewhere in there is a kind of um the idea of the world is to say, you know, and these are, there's like phenomenologist philosophers that, that really get at this, but it's to say that there's, um, it's kind of like the stuff that precedes us <laughs> in the, that we're, uh, subject to that we've kind of, that, that, that it's the kind of things that have happened to us that we're not directly conscious of. <laughs> um, but somehow we assume and carry forward. And so like, you know, you go and you make, um, you know, you, you lay some gathered matter down on a raw canvas and then it, um, it blends, it smooths, it forms based on your intentional or unintentional, um, you know, pressure and touch and application through a brush. And then, and then it, uh, solidifies, right. Mm -hmm. And it, it holds, it, it, it becomes. And if we say, um, that's when, something is valuable or made i.e i made a painting uh then we are limiting our potential by realizing how like how latent uh the natural world is with potential Mm -hmm. that has to be drawn out all the implications have to be cultivated have to be uh worked out of um kind of the goodness of the reality we find ourselves in 
Mm-hmm. You know, so when you talk about like pigments and um, materials and, you know, like when you think about paper or like uh, color or, you know, like the way light reveals things or uh, how forms um, change when water hits, like there's these things that happen or, you know, even like when you talk about, I was saying this to a friend yesterday, but, you know, when you start to see the world a little more clearly, he, he was saying that a good friend of ours was saying that uh, it, it's almost like it's assaulting. It's like um, aggressive or, or he said oppressive because he's starting to see it so much. And I was like, yeah, that's the thing. It's just, it's there, you know, like gravity is on you. Um, the grass is always moving underneath your feet. Like, you know, um, the weeds will always show up. They'll, they'll never stop. Uh-huh. You, you have to do something with them. So you, you know, once you're aware, you're made responsible and you can work with them. You can cultivate them into things that, um, uh, you know, either bring about more frustration or they actually uh, are eliminated so that something else can grow in its place, like good grass or good vegetation, whatever. But, but that's true in everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's true in everything. And so um, kind of before we ever have a conscious mind uh, or a subconscious, there's, there's this phenomena that is behind it. And, the, you know, the question is like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. Um, is that neutral? Is it chaotic? Um, it, depending on what your assumptions are, if it's neutral, then all the pressure is on you when you make something out of it mm-hmm. for it to become non-neutral, which is to say to become important. If it's chaotic, then it, you think it's all up to you to bring it into order. Mm-hmm. And so um, what's the mechanism for ordering? And where did you get that presupposition from? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because if it's all, so that's inductive reasoning. Like if you, not to, so I'll just tangent if that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, so inductive. Always. <laughs> inductive reasoning is the appeal to uniformity in nature. Mm-hmm. To, so, to, to, so every time you go to move towards order, you're appealing to uniformity. Mm-hmm. The moment I speak, I'm assuming uniformity in nature. The moment I walk, I'm assuming uniformity in nature. The moment I go to paint, I'm assuming the uniformity in nature that is paint such that it will dry. Mm-hmm. I don't expect it to do anything else. Now, if I have oil, I expect it to stay open longer before it dries. I expect it to behave a little, I, I expect it to behave a little more like toothpaste, meaning it has more buoyancy mm-hmm. and it, um, it stands up. If I'm painting with acrylic, I expect it to dry faster and maybe behave more like yogurt, flatten out. Mm-hmm. Gravity interacts and air interacts differently with acrylic and oil. Um, I'm appealing to uniformity in nature. I have uniformed experiences that predict that this is the case constantly. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't, I return the paint to the art store because I recognize that there's something defective with the, with the, so here, so here's what I'm saying. Show me something in your life where you're not appealing to uniformity in nature. Mm. If you get mad, you're appealing to uniformity in nature. Yeah. yeah. Cause to be mad is to say something changed that I don't like that shouldn't have changed. But if you believe in chaos, then you believe that it, it should only be unpredictable change, which is in of itself then predictable. So it's self-defeating. Mm-hmm. So we keep walking down this line. If you're the kind of person who thinks you are bestowed with the pressure to make things out of uh, uh, order out of chaos, you are creating a very, very tame idea of chaos, mm-hmm. which is really just a way of saying I'm not in control and I'm trying to get control mm-hmm. so now we're talking about some kind of contrived disorder that then you bring into a contrived order mm-hmm. which means the work is impotent yeah that's the big idea mm-hmm. so or it's neutral therefore the semiotics of the work has to have a referent outside of itself mm-hmm. to establish its value right mm-hmm. so you have to assume something about the world but now you're saying it's, it's enjoined to somebody else's like, is someone else the referent? Is it like, what actually then is the fixed thing that enables the meaning of the piece once it's made and it moves from neutral to not neutral? Uh-huh. So both of those are problematic categories. And I know like there's probably some debate. There's a lot of debate there. There's a lot of pushback. I mean, I'm painting with a big brushstroke, but um, the world's highly uniform. Yeah. It's highly generative. That, so the only reason why we can be generative is because the world is generative. Uh-huh. It does stuff 24-7. Yeah, you put a seed in the ground, it grows a tree, yeah. it makes fruit, which yeah. makes more seeds. Yeah. And it's all from one little small yeah. piece of, of latent potential. Yeah, and then what's the life force that actually is keeping it turning and uh-huh. not, like we can say, like 
So if you keep if you keep walking it back, you're dealing with um, you know sometimes inertia. Um, you're dealing with like weird phenomena, but it's dynamic. It's not. It's active. Uh-huh. It, you know, I like to. You know, I said before that. Um, I don't know. I, I can't remember how I said it, but I said something to the effect once that you know it's like uh, the world is like a a poem, or it's been, you know, it's like an orchestra. It's uh-huh. like a poem. Um, I look at the earth and the world is like a kind of meta poem spoken, uh-huh. and it is uh, spoken being spoke. Uh-huh. So it has a present tense reality, but it has a duration, uh-huh. and it's upheld somehow, uh-huh. and and we kind of commune with it more than we lord over it Uh and what what seems to happen is when we try to lord over it we have to put our stamp of approval on it which means we have to get validation from other approval stamps Uh you know or we create false um expressions of chaos to create false expressions of order which we may be dealing with now in our culture in some ways i will just i'll just leave it there but um and, and so then what that means is we're still missing what we could be doing. Right. And perhaps what we could be doing would have more satisfaction and promise of um, generativity because it's working out of the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. So if you start to look at like the, like, so the only reason why we can find irregularities or mutations is because of how many constancies there are. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole, you can't break the rules till you know them. That's right. Um, and I think, you know, one example that comes to mind as you're speaking is there's a painting that I love, but because some of the, what you're talking about, this, uh, this, uh, naturally occurring order and the phenomena that are, that are there that we're all experiencing in a shared way because that was ignored or overlooked or it was, or it seemed unimportant. Yeah. Um, the panel that this painting sits on is now completely out of square. Mm-hmm. It will rock against the wall. Mm-hmm. Now I love the painting on the surface, mm-hmm. but in some ways the painting has been destroyed Yeah, because um, the parts of the world that were brought into that work mm-hmm. were not given the level of uh, credence yeah. that they were, that they needed. Exactly. And so everything's come, it's actually worked against the work of the artist. Yeah. In a way that's damaging. Yeah. 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 And that's just a simple thing, right? Sure. Um, and that gets into, I mean, get, that gets into like uh, um, where some folks are like, we got to make the world more green, so to speak. I mean, this gets into these discussions about, uh, you know, caring for the world, the earth, the, we call it the environment or the climate, but all those I think are subsumed in this kind of earth world idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I don't know that we fully still, like we, we can science the, the earth world, mm-hmm. you know, we can break it down into data points and talk about it, uh, quote unquote smartly, but we still don't understand it. Yeah. What I mean, what I mean is it's still, it's still kind of, um, there's a kind of magic that science can't crack because mm-hmm. science is an empirical reasoning category and it, we, we're kind of contingent within this world. So we really can't get outside of it to speak into it. Yeah, I mean, either 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 kind of discussion you're talking about, whether you have individualized the world so much that the uh, the world is irrelevant to you, mm-hmm. um, or if you science the world so much that it's now this object that can be understood empirically, it's still holding the same value, which is external and not included in your existence. Yeah. One is immaterial and unnecessary, mm-hmm. and the other is uh, only necessary so that your feet have a place to stand mm-hmm. and you have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it doesn't still have any real bearing on your life except that if it doesn't exist, I can't exist. Right. So both of them have the same ends mm-hmm. in those understandings of the world. So when we, I think in this conversation, what we're talking about is like how, not only how is like the world a part of like your practice, your work, whatever it may be, but like how are you actually an integral part in that world as well? Mm-hmm. And that this is not a, um, it is very much a shared kind of experience. We're all sharing these understandings. Yeah, it's a mutuality. It's a mu- sure. yeah, mutuality. Yeah. That's a, a yep. yeah, that's that's how you put it. Um, there's a mutuality there where um true, if the world stops existing, we stop having a home mm-hmm. and we stop existing. Um, but 
um, on the other side of things, if we as humans stop existing, the world continues on mm-hmm. because it has the things that it does. Yeah. I mean, cause it is what it is and it's elusive to more, you know, so right. it is what it is and it, it, it like emanates something more past the moment. And so I guess that's one of the things that would be, it, um, without real transcendence, there's no reason for things to go forward. Yeah. So inductive reasoning also suggests a transcendence because to appeal back and see uniformity in nature is to look forward and expect that it's there ahead of you. Right. So we're on this rock hurling through outer space going, what is it? Uh, one of my favorite authors says, mock, mock, it's like go, going through outer space, going Mach 80. Yeah. And he's like, sometimes he just lays on the grass outside and holds on for dear life. On for dear life. Yeah. yeah. I love it. It's good. Yeah. And it's a great picture because it's really true. So we're, we're kind of in a time machine. We're on a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. We're in it. It's, it's just not, uh, we're, we're so subject to it in some ways or we're so con- contingent upon it that it's hard to get our minds around it without uh, sciencing it only. And I'm not mm-hmm. anti-science by, by any stretch. I'm just saying there's metaphysics, there's poetry, there's philosophy, and mm-hmm. a bit of magic. And I, I, I mean, I'd have to sit down on magic. I don't mean, I, I don't mean Harry Potter necessarily. I just mean that right. there's a quality that, that is elusive and uh, present in that elusive state. And so it, otherwise you wouldn't look at things as having potential to begin with. Mm. So you, 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 if you, so I I think one of the big, big rethinks is to rethink the world is to rethink the potential, but also to rethink the why that you would unpack the potential that is laden within the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you make something go from, you know, uh, soil to pigment, to paint, to image, to currency, to on a home or a gallery or, you know, Mm -hmm. to then we, we uphold it for 50 years because we've decided it's important. Like those changes, that unpacking, um, that the uh, enduring impact of that um, was kind of all there in, in the, uh, the potential in many ways because uh-huh. it actually happened. You know, so it had to be there for it to actually happen. Yeah. Um, but when we don't think that potential is there, we start to hunger for another world where that potential exists. Uh-huh. And that's where I'm afraid things are going is the, the, the world we're making right now um, is atrophied out of our ignorance, not out of its lack of abundance. Yeah. So, so out of our ignorance, we assume a lack of abundance. Um, and then we start to make work that images back to us that lack of abundance. Uh-huh. And drives us into an, what I would call as an epistemological framework and a way of knowing that is both sign and symbol and, and uh, sort of ambiguous uh, atmosphere that is kind of besetting. And that is convincing enough to lead us to think we, should, we really should escape this world mm-hmm. or this body or this. And um, I don't know that we understand enough still the world that is based on what precedes us in our conscious understanding of the world. Yeah. The stuff that we're unaware of that is operating right this second, Mm -hmm. the hum behind the hum. Yeah. Um, and, and if I said, I think the hum behind the hum is poetry that, that should raise a lot of questions. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, my daughter is, is seven and she loves science. So she, you know, loves reading books about science. She loves having conversations about it. Um, and she's prepping for an elementary school uh, science fair. Mm-hmm. And so we've been asking her, like, well, what are your questions? What are the things that you're interested in? And her questions, she's like, you know, I just, I want to know, like, what is it that, what is it that, that keeps us on the ground? Mm-hmm. And we, we've been like, well, it's, it's gravity. And I was like, you know this, like we've talked about this, like gravity, <laughs> like, you know, this. like we, we've talked about it, right? Yeah. Like we don't need to ask that question, mm. but she keeps coming back to those questions and she's like, yeah, but, but what is it? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really what you're getting at with yeah. this. Cause someone might be saying, I don't, it ain't like that, Ryan. It's mm-hmm. not that deep. Yeah. Um, but I think it is because it's like, oh, we've given a name to a thing that holds me on this ground. Yeah. But, but still, just like, it? but what is it? But what is it? You know, and yeah. I think that's the thing is, uh, and and there, there. Let me, let me speak. 
uh, clearly. <laughs> Let me speak clearly. There's a. There used to be a time where those questions were the questions that animated art. Mm-hmm. Where those are the questions that were driving people. Yeah. That the questions in science and the questions in art were not necessarily dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Because there was a desire to search for more mm-hmm. outside of myself. Um, now there are, you know, we've all, we've all gone through a sophomore year of college and we've all come across Rumi's poems. Mm -hmm. We know that there are depths within ourselves, Mm -hmm. but there's also an entire world out there that other people are sharing that uh, has exceeding depths to it as well. Mm -hmm. And just because we put a name or a definition on something, it doesn't mean we fully comprehend or understand or grasp or even foresee the latent potential in Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's something really important because, uh, you know, I, I used to hear artists talk about how they explored the world through their work. I don't know the last time I heard somebody say that. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like a little in like romantic in the romantic era. Doesn't it? It does. And, uh, I think the problem with some of the eras is when they were put forward as the answer. So, so what yeah. happens is when they fail to answer an impossible question, then they get discarded, but they weren't discardable. <laughs> it's just they weren't fit to answer the the ultimate question, so to speak. But they're a part of the answering of the yeah, ultimate question. Yeah, they couldn't carry the total weight. The total weight. Yeah, yeah. So like, just like modernism couldn't carry the total weight, but you can't fully get rid of it either. Right. Um, which is why we're kind of coming around to what I would call, in some ways, a strange hypermodernism of a, of its own kind. Mm. This is a little bit of a different problem in my mind, but um, yeah. So the the idea there is to rethink the world is to rethink what you expect. Uh-huh. And to scale yourself down, which you talked about in the past, like the overestimated self coming down a notch so that the world around you can t- tune up a notch or two. So when you say we are the world, you're not, you're not meaning it lives and die with me, but it, it's that I am a, you know, I would say, you know, there's a artist out there named Mako who says he calls it culture care. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would, Mako Fujimura calls it culture care. I would, I would, I think that's a, a fine way of saying it. I, but I, you know, so I think care, stewardship, cultivation, um, uh, you know, um, you know, I was thinking about it recently in the context of a gift. Mm-hmm. So the world that is, uh, and all that it is, it's like a, a wonderful gift that's been given to you and good gifts are unpacked. You open them up, you see what's inside, you look at it, you examine it, you start to do things with it. Depending on the nature of the gift, you know, what mm-hmm. the, according to the kind of gift that it is, you put it on, you wear it or you play with it if you're a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and then it, and if you play with it and you're a kid, it, it has an assumed context of the kind of play you might do. Like I got my son Oliver, some retro He-Man characters. It implicates a whole world. He opens up the box, unpacks it, mm-hmm. takes it out, starts to do things with it. All of a sudden it generates a whole other set of possibilities. And who knows? Maybe he becomes the kid who creates the next He-Man series. I don't know, but you see how you see what I'm saying. There's a yeah. a metaphor in that the concept of gift. Well, I think even I mean I think there's a, even a literal thing there. Yeah, like there, there there is a. Uh, like we probably kept that gift on the shelf a little too long or a little too often. Yeah, like we don't unpack it enough and we actually don't play with it. Enough. Yeah, we don't play with it. We don't unpack it. We don't we don't create with worlds it. with it. Yeah, we don't create we don't we don't create world extension with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes we do, but I mean, I mean, by and large, we're a little bit sleepy. There's a lot of great artists, but we're a little sleepy or we're a little narrowly focused. And so we are actually misstewarding all that is there to be unpacked yeah. that has been given to us as a gift. And I think in a lot of ways, it's a spoken poem that is a present tense Im- impact as much as an ancient kind of quality as far as the amount of time the world's been around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, um, we're in the throats of an epic as far as what's at stake. And, um, you know, wrote that article or that essay for the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And mm-hmm. one of the quotes was from Martin Luther. He said, when the world, when the apocalypse come, he said, when I, when the apocalypse comes like the last day, he's like, I'm going to plant an apple tree mm-hmm. or I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to plant an apple seed or whatever, plant an apple tree. So like when the world implants a tree, that's the name of the essay. And that sounds like a paradox, but, there's an inherent hope based on the appeal to uniformity that says that um, things go forward by our unpacking, our cultivation, our stewardship, our creativity, our imagination. Uh-huh. It takes great imagination to say the world's going to end up in a planet tree. <laughs> yeah. um, there, there's, a, there's something deep in that. It's a crazy you know, idea, too. It's a crazy idea, you know. And, 
I think one of our good friends of the team, Cody, is an essay he wrote for our space, but he talked about, um, you know, I, I think he said something in this essay that he wrote for our, our show about sincerity mm-hmm. and almost like, forgive me for, for being sincere with my hope, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm a, like it's something something to the effect. Forgive me, Cody. It's something to the effect of like, um, you know, we're, we're in danger of losing sincerity altogether, mm-hmm. and uh, so permit me basically to be sincere. And, and I would say the same thing. Yeah, is I know that I'm being sincere um, because um, the alternative is the the I was saying this in a meeting. It's the kayfabe thing. It's mm-hmm. the uh, it's the fake scripted sincerity. That's actually not. It's actually. Uh, caustic caustic it's masquerading so you're you're acting like you care about so the person who's like it's like the person who you, anyone who's listening who doubts go look on go just go look up on youtube videos of people doing fake good things so like driving up taking a hammer acting like you're helping to repair somewhere mm-hmm. posting a selfie and leaving it yeah. it makes you hurt it makes it's like when aoc posted these videos crying outside of a gate as as though she was looking at the horrors of children in a, um in cages, uh-huh. and then it came out like they showed that she was actually just at a gate at a high school and they they fabricated it. Uh-huh. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it's real. Yeah, you know. So so in in we are gasping for um for reality. Like we need to breathe <laughs> deeply and take in some good oxygen uh-huh. and get grounded in a real way and come to real terms with our ourselves, our bodies, the way we interact the way we feel the way we experience and the further we move into that fakeness um the more risk we run of actually losing the gift that's been given to us yeah yeah. you know we act, we, we lose it um and so to rethink the world is to say we actually need to do something different mm-hmm. you know and and it is it is as uh if anything you know for those that are making my hope is like maybe you're a little more empowered just to make um, but also to, to live in, in trust. Like every time you make something, you're expecting it to do something uh-huh. like you don't come to it blind and ignorant. You come to it with expectation, Ex- right? Deep in your expectation, uh, outside of your studio practice, and then start to think about why it is that I can continually make things that are colorful. Well, you know, th- that, that brings up something that we've talked about a, a lot. Um, so we talk about the ways to enter into a work you know we've had two categories that we've hit a lot there's a narrative entrance and there's a phenomenological entrance mm-hmm. and so i think you know it's it's important to i i want to ask the question for the sake of everybody listening and for myself um then as we rethink the world how do we then start to rethink the idea of phenomenon mm-hmm. and how do we start to rethink what what the implications are for then the work we make. Mm-hmm. So if we if we can get into a space where we're maybe um, moving in a good direction of understanding the world, our place in it, uh, how it affects us, how it impacts us, and mm-hmm. then how it also um, influences how and what we do. Um, the uh, the the question for me is then then how does how does the world actually impact work? Like mm-hmm. I maybe even start with just talking about like what what do we what do we then understand phenomenon to be? Mm. Like, is, is phenomenon a naturally occurring result of the way that the world is? Mm-hmm. Is phenomenon um, our understanding of effects as they are imposed mm-hmm. with specificity? Mm-hmm. Like, like what, what then is the phenomenon and how does that enter into the understanding of our work or the way that it impacts? I feel like that's another episode. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, it's like the... Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's, that's part two to this that's episode. That's part two. Um, what do you think? I mean, I think you're probably right. I mean, because I think that's a full that's a full discussion that's easy to get into. Um, yeah. So, like, here's a here's a this is a you know the uh, here's two. I, I was like, I'm just gonna go on the dictionary on 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 the Google dictionary. Yeah, just yeah. wanted to see because I I suspect the definitions get better as you go back. A fact or a situation that is observed to exist or happen, especially one who whose cause or explanation is in question. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a remarkable oh, person, gosh. thing, or event. Yeah. But a fact or situation that is observed to, the, to exist or happen, especially one whose cause or explanation is in question. Oh, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, that gets into the inductive stuff you're talking about. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like 100%, 100%. because it's in question because you are trying to categorize it based on an assumption of the world. Yeah, and then you have to decide where you want to draw that line. Oh, man. And so do you, and, and the more you, the more you impose a, a framework on something, the more the finitude mm-hmm. of the frame shrinks or is exposed as limited to the seemingly boundless boundless nature of the thing it's trying to describe Mm -hmm. so there's an inherent futility between our imposing ourselves on the world around us Mm -hmm. and to make sense of it and is that i mean is that to to make a mass scale yeah i think it's a problem scale yeah i think it's magnitude and i think it's um uh agency and our on you know the kind of being that we are i don't actually think so we're not god yeah, yeah. That's the way I say it. We're not God. We're not an infinite being with all knowledge. Mm-hmm. So we can impose an infinite all knowledge system. Okay, so let's just go go weirder. So anything that is that we know of has a beginning. Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. So anything that's anything that comes into existence has a beginning. Anything that is, we haven't observed anything to the naked eye that we haven't seen is coming into existence. Right. So even like, so like when you go like laws of thermodynamics, like the earth or the sun, the sun, even the sun is cooled a little bit that it's cooled suggests, um, a limited amount of energy. Right. Right. So I know there's a whole bunch here, a lot of ways to push back on this, but so I'm just going with what's reasonable to the best explanation. So Mm -hmm. it's reasonable to think that whatever exists had a beginning. And therefore, if it has a beginning, it will have an end. Yeah, true. That's so. Those are reasonable. reasonable. Yeah, those are reasonable things. So then you get into infinite, infinite regress, uncaused cause, or what actually sends all this into motion. At at what point does it stop? Because anything that is has a beginning, Mm -hmm. and therefore will have an end. Yeah. So then, when you get into infinite or finite categories. You have to start to assume a prime mover, so to speak, uh-huh. or a or a uh, a launch, right? A launch that is non-contingent. Yeah, yeah, a non-contingent reality. Mm-hmm. So then you get into discussions like so. You can't. You can abstractly propose the notion of a like I can act as though I'm a non-contingent reality and trick myself into believing the imposition of my logic on the world means that it's sufficient mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like a dog clamping down on a giant car mm-hmm. the dog's convinced it's got the car but the car's taking it for a ride <laughs> yeah. yeah you know yeah, what i mean you ever yeah, seen yeah, that totally. you see uh-huh. yeah so that it's like we're like that the, mm-hmm. our best minds our best scientists Stephen hawking um yeah. you name it the, the best scientist you can think of is like a small dog mm-hmm. uh, locked onto a giant bus <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean real. you're not you're 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 locked in you had a you you, you took a good bite you're one of the few that could get on there, but you're not. You're being taken for a ride. Yeah. Um, because the world is uh, transcendent past the point of your understanding. Yeah. And so uh, we rarely make transcendent things. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, lowercase, yeah. right? And right. Then, but we don't. We don't make. We don't make superseding things that were before us mm-hmm. that extend after us while being eminently upon us. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. So. And yet, and yet. <laughs> We're we're able to do it though. We're able to make yeah. Um, so knowing our frame is to say we can know th- like. So I like to put it in the context of like when I talk about my relationship with like my kids or my wife. As long as I'm in relationship with them, I can know things about them. Mm-hmm. I can know them, but I can't know them exhaustively. Yeah. I can know them truly, yeah. but I can't know them exhaustively. We said that. So like, mm-hmm. there's things I can know truly about the world I find myself in, but never to the point of exhausting it because i'm too small and even uh the collective knowledge of all people at all times and all places is insufficient to the expanse of the world we find ourselves in yeah but all of it came into existence so you're still left with that's where i I get into the categories of poetry or you know mind independence or you know you have to say god or something because um something put it all in emotion Uh Because otherwise, the uniformity doesn't doesn't really add up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much more I could say about this. Like, I could go on for a long, long time. On well, I think you know, one thing is I, I can I can hear some folks in the audience 
probably just saying um, this is a wild conversation. Well, yeah, I, I think you can hear some folks, you know, saying things along the lines of um, this makes me feel very stressed out. <laughs> yeah, look, so like you know, what I'm saying like like there's something about like if it's any consolation, I'm on a diet, and so I don't have any sugar in my body right now, and I'm very cranky. Well, no, what I'm saying so is maybe like, it's a cranky. Conversation. I think sometimes it's a coping mechanism to ignore the world. Yes, right? like that's a thing. That's the point. Um, and but but we think it's a coping mechanism because we feel like we have to that the world has to be within us, and that the world has to be on our shoulders, and that we have to support it, and there's a contingency on us mm-hmm. for that world, and so. Um, well, so real fast, so that comes back. You eliminate. You you say it's all chaos because that eliminates the the contingency part, right? Or the 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 prime mover mm-hmm. conversation, and then you say it's all neutral unless I do something. So that gives you uh, existential value and godlike status to determine when something actually matters and to what extent. And so you're inverting your relationship to the world, right? And then, and then here, so here's let me just say this last thing. Therefore, how is that working? The world's in disarray. So how good are, are we at actually doing that? Well, Not also, at all. It also shows, I think, a lot of the reason why we as artists and designers can become so easily, quickly, and repetitively disillusioned with the work we do because mm-hmm. we're like it's not holding weight nope. and, and it's like uh maybe the the world outside shows that it's not supposed to hold the weight you're giving it exactly because you're not you, supposed to hold the weight you've given yourself right and so i think it's one of these things where it's if, if you can get behind some of these ideas you can at least be in the place where you're saying hey you know i don't know if i jive with it but i can be in a thought experiment with you exactly. for a minute. That's if we point. can be in that space then um rethink then, that's the whole point yeah then then what you can do is you can start to say oh well if this idea holds weight than it has always been. Exactly. It has not begun at some point in my life. Mm -hmm. So I have always been rubbing against it Mm -hmm. in different ways, sometimes Mm -hmm. successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing to worry. And then it becomes, it becomes less of, of a fight and more mm-hmm. of an invitation, which is why I think I really love the you referring to it as, as poetry because poetry mm-hmm. is very much like an invitation. It's an enveloping in invitation. So it's a, it's a, it's a it's a call to like come into a thing, and so, um, you know, it, it's it's like any other relationship. Um, when I met my wife, she already was, mm-hmm. and she was not contingent upon me existing. Yeah, therefore, I could enter into a full flourishing life-giving relationship mm-hmm. because I wasn't trying to control that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to say that she only existed for me. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way I think with the world that if the world started when I did, or if the world is contingent upon me, I can never enter into a healthy relationship with it. Cause it's, you're on your, uh, under all the wrong assumptions. Right. And in a field yeah. where I am dependent upon the goo and the dirt and the soot of the world mm-hmm. to make the things that I make. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a psychopathic assumption. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it's really, it's really detrimental. And it it's is. really, it, you know, that I think a lot of these problems flow out of the, um, well, they flow out of, I think deep, deep longstanding issues, but def- definitely there is the rupture with Camus and the world of world being absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, therefore you're free to do whatever you want. So self-authenticate through your own actions has been one of the most devastating mm-hmm. effects on human beings in modern history. Yeah. Is that you don't matter unless you, you create an authenticating action. Okay. Well, how will I know when it's authenticating? You'll just know when you know. Yeah. Dude, so, the last five years of, of teaching, I've made a point uh, on the first day as I go through and kind of introduce myself to a class. One of the points I always bring up is I say, I believe in the fundamental, amazing beauty of human life Mm -hmm. and that you are valid because you you are here Mm -hmm. not because you do or don't do anything but you're valid and important for that and just to reiterate that yeah your cultural the things you do are only an extension or verification of the first point the first point is because we are uh the doing makes the doing follows and the doing uh gives rise or evidence to yeah uh, that fact and so then the evidence points to um a state of well-being or not you know, and, uh, um, but it doesn't make you such necessarily. It, right. it actually demonstrates that you are. And when you it. understand that, then yeah. you can really talk about what it means to, to, to look at or experience like a holistic artist, mm-hmm. one who is making from who they are, not because they need to be, to be something. Yeah. Not that everything is writing on internally writing on this for you. 
you know, your whole. And there's huge freedom psyche. in that. Huge yeah. freedom in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the, so that uniformity thing, man, like the, the, um, so I would say like, if, you know, when we're listening right now, if you just stop and you say to yourself, like sometimes I will say a little, I'll say something at dinner. I remind my kids, like, think of everything that's happening right now. that's going right. Mm-hmm. The house is standing. The table's here. The chairs are here. Our bodies are here. I can breathe. You can breathe. Carry that out into the, the neighborhood. Keep carrying as far as you can. Don't think about only what's wrong, but think about the tension of all that's right that is enabling what's wrong to play out to the extent that it can be dealt with. Yeah. So, or that it can even be a bother. Yeah. Or that it could even be a bother. The only reason why uh, something wrong is a bother is because how much is right, how much actually is actually working still for your being, your well being, how much of the sort of the phenomenological effects of the world that we're assuming we're resting on. Are you resting on today as you listen? Mm-hmm. Like that's an incredible thought. If you start to think about it, it, it should make you feel smaller. It should cause you to ask questions. Mm-hmm. It should point, it should be elusive to more. Um, it should, it, and it should come, come down in such a way where it kind of makes you go like, maybe my assumptions are wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, uh, therefore maybe what, you know, the work I make, the reason for beauty. I mean, how much more plausible is, uh, you know, um, resonant things if we make out of a life-giving resonant thing? What I mean by that is if the earth world is resonant, laden with potential, beautiful poetry, spoken, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff that I would love to unpack at another point. If that is the first premise then what follows from that with greater assurance is that what you do with it extends that fact. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, so if you just said, Hey, I disagree with you, but I, let's just track. Okay. So the, what's the alternative? Well, it only matters if I make it. How narcissistic is that? That's pretty, because who got you the paint? Did you dig the paint out of the ground? Did you mill the wood? Did you build the car you drove to the art store? Did you generate the internet that you got? Did you choose to engage in that activity that yeah. made you even a viable yeah. collection of cells? Who, who told you you should have ever picked up a pencil to begin with? Mm-hmm. Who taught you uh, any kind of language? Like, where do you want to start and stop with that? Yeah. You're, you're decimated when you realize that you, you're existing in a very, very stable reality mm-hmm. that has then heightened, that allows us to see heightened categories of injustice because of how much everything else works well, but also how much you're working with that which precedes you rather than you are the center and you make it happen. It's just simply not true. And the thing, you know, I think the, the big pushback there is not going to, I would feel, is not that most people are going to say you're wrong. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, but I, but I don't want to be small. Yeah. Like that's, that's I think, yeah. the heart of it. Because yeah. even or I don't want to be told what to do. Right. I mean, and, which I think is another, an, it, it's, it's an effect of smallness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, scale and magnitude. And mm-hmm. I think that. That's even that like twinge inside of me when you're saying it where I'm like, I, you know, I've, I'm tracking with you, but I don't want to be small, but here's the thing. But you, you are Gareth. I know. You're like five, three. <laughs> I'm not five, three. Gareth, Gareth is like five, one and some change. <laughs> I'm just going to keep getting shorter. <laughs> He's four, seven. It's my friend, Dr. Smacksmill, the four, seven wizard. I'm actually six years old. Yeah. Uh, He's the, Benjamin. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the average size of a six year old. He's Benjamin Blackwell. <laughs> um, But I think that. With, with smallness, the thing is, like, uh, smallness requires us to ask questions. Smallness mm-hmm. requires us to, to lean into other people. Mm-hmm. Smallness requires community. Mm-hmm. Smallness requires, uh, I know it's a dirty word, but help. Mm-hmm. Um, smallness requires us to say we can't do it all and mm-hmm. that there's necessity for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've stuck with our podcast this long, like not just this episode, but period. Um, these yeah. are not new ideas, right? Like <laughs> yeah. everything we talk about is community. It is yeah. building generative spaces. It is uh, holistic people mm-hmm. that are uh, integrating yeah. their Fully life and their work. Yep. Um, you know, th- these are not like we, we completely buy into 100% the idea that I as Gareth am not complete and you as Ryan are not complete. But when we work together, we become a little bit more complete. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, a right understanding of the world sets all those things at play. Yeah. Because if the world is within me, well, why are we yes. even doing this podcast? Yeah, why are we here? What's the point? It's why all are you dumb. Listen- why it's are you listening? Individual experience and yep. that's it. Yeah. If um, you have everything you have within yourself, then unpack it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you don't thing. need anybody else. You don't need art school. You don't need a job. You don't need the tools you're using that someone else made for you. Like you don't need any of that stuff. And no. everything about our existence screams that ain't right. That ain't right. <laughs> and yet we double down on it. And, it yeah. and, and yet then, then we're like, you know, we're consuming mass quantities of plastic and we're complaining about the ocean while taking pictures of it with our phones yeah. that are made of plastic. Right. Right. Like we're, we're, that's the kayfabe thing. We're not actually being honest. We, we, we virtue yeah. signal these things, but we're not actually. So why virtue signal and still lose out when you can win by actually like kind of stepping out of the matrix a tiny bit, mm-hmm. asking these questions and possibly finding real answers that, that, uh, may actually be for your good. Yeah, honestly, like worst worst case scenario, what we're talking about here is you might have some really awesome friends, and we were wrong the whole time. Yep. <laughs> Too bad. Oh well. You know, it's like it, wouldn't be the first time I was wrong. <laughs> no, dude, and uh, it won't be the last won't time. Be that I'm wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> won't like, be. It won't be my last time. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's. I mean, I think you know, if if you start off the episode and you're a little like, where where the hell are these guys going with this? Um, we're going to come back to it again. I think we're going to, yeah, don't worry. We're not done Yeah, because I do think this does beg a, a second episode about uh phenomenon and like yes. what that looks like and yep. how that works. The L cool J song, something like a phenomenon. Oh, I was thinking of the, the one from Sesame street phenomenon. Uh, phenomenon. Okay. They don't say that, but okay. It's always in my head when I hear that word. Yeah. That was a free piece. Uh, y'all didn't care about or desire to know, but that was brain debris bleeding into our podcast. Like always. But I think it's it's really important because we can talk about this very big uh, concept and somewhat in some people's minds vague idea of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there is a bridge between that and other episodes where we've talked about critiquing. Mm-hmm. I think there's a direct there's a direct line there, and I think that the phenomenon piece is, is yeah. the middle piece. Yep. Um, which yeah, it does. They all link up. They do definitely because it, it, there is a through line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very evident once it's all laid out there. But I think that uh, you know the world's not a small thing. It takes a little bit more than an hour to unpack. Hundred percent. So I think you know it's been uh, it's been great kind of getting into this. Uh, it's nice to throw a grenade in a room sometimes and then run away. Yeah, we're gonna go run now. <laughs> but we're um, running. We're hiding. Please forgive us. <laughs> so Have yeah, there's your your philosophical uh, uh, ideological grenade chunk in the room. There'll be an explosion. Uh, let us know where the shrapnel hits. And yeah. if you've got questions, we're happy to. Yeah, throw us questions. I, I don't mind some questions. I like them. Not always. Because, um, again, you know, just like we said, uh, we're not complete individuals, um, which means we don't have full purview of everything. Mm-hmm. And we don't have full uh, concepting of everything. So, um, you know, let us know what up, what's up. But in the next part, we're really going to start unpacking kind of phenomenon and mm-hmm. what that means now that we've understood uh, a little bit larger definition or uh contextual space for the world Mm -hmm. drop that in and provide a little bit more uh, clarity around those fuzzy edges yep um so yeah this is this is great i think it's a fantastic conversation um as always we love y'all you're a fantastic audience and we'll catch you next time peace you've been listening to shaco art speak a production of shaco art space we are an independent non-profit art gallery in richmond virginia we can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life, an historic Shaco bottle.